1: Everything Elite, presented by my bookie, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to All Elite Wrestling and the Elite Extended Universe. I'm Aaron, joined, as always, by my good friend, Eenie Meenie. My, uh, Nate, Nate, what's up, Nate?
2: Hello, Aaron. It's me, your good friend, Nate, uh, aka Eenie Meenie. Um, <laughs> What is up? Let's see. What's up? Well, we're in a global pandemic uh just really been doing the same routine for about a year now Um drinking a seven a up you know classic lemon lime flavored soda remember the short-lived seven up spin-off energy drink dnl aaron i do not uh do not resuscitate. I don't, what is does it stand <laughs> uh, for <laughs> i don't think that it stood for anything it's seven up upside down is the letters D-L. oh I would show you that now, but I'd be afraid that I'll pour my seven up all over my nice desk here. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. yeah. I think maybe ahead of their time, the seven up folks with DNL, because if they got to the energy drink market now, you know, it might be popping off.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, do, do you have dreams about um, no. being places and like you don't have a mask on? I don't, no. I have this dream, I don't know two three times a week that i'm somewhere and i don't have a mask on and i'm like losing my fucking mind
2: yeah i guess i, I just have not uh broached that level of panic about <laughs> catching it maybe is yeah you know i mean i don't go that many places and when i do i wear masks so yeah
1: oh yeah, yeah i do too so i don't know why my brain does this to me but it does
2: no recurring okay. dreams for me i'm gonna let you throw it to mike now
1: okay thanks nate uh we're also joined by Mike Spears. Mike, do you have recurring dreams?
0: I don't because I have to take medication go to sleep, and therefore when I fall asleep, I basically pass out for four to six hours before I wake up again. No. But hey y'all, it's your old pal. Uh also known as m Eenie, Me, Mighty Mo. I'm I'm Mighty Mo. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just I'm such a type A person that I always have masks with me, so I never have that fear. Maybe my subconscious says, hey, Spears, you've got this, and maybe you just need to just overly prep like I do, and you won't have that recurring dream anymore, AB. I
1: I go places so rarely that the other day I went to uh, Walgreens and walked all the way to the door without a mask on. Luckily, someone had dropped a mask outside the door, and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't have a mask, and I had to go back to my car. And get one but um that was my closest call
0: i'm relieved that you didn't pick up that mask because that's where i saw that going i'm not a sicko i i I mean like however unlike you i do remember dnl it was very short term as someone who has drank too many energy drinks in my lifetime to the extent that i started to notice that if both being jittery and that I was starting to having stomach pains. I remember DNL. That's probably also why I have to like take melatonin to go to sleep because of the amount of caffeine in my system. I, a, I'm in an animal uh, cycle.
2: Yeah. This is the Mike's medical corner. Top of the show here. <laughs> so you can through all of his various ailments.
0: Oh, oh, that's only the start of it. I mean, we can get to allergies later. My mysterious allergy to just cashews.
2: <laughs> You're missing out. I, cashews are good. I,
0: I mean, it, it's, I mean it's not my favorite nut. It's not even in like my top five, but whenever no, I, I mean, try it. It wouldn't eat... be my
2: favorite nut either if I was allergic to it.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's true. That is true. But yeah, no. Uh trying to think of anything else I care to overshare about. Uh <laughs> no, no. Aaron, it's your turn to overshare even more so than your uh weird fear of being unmasked because apparently you go to places without having a mask on you.
1: Uh I had the mask. It was just in my car. Uh I just forgot about it. Uh um, it wasn't on your person. No, I don't keep it on my person. I just leave it in my car did you guys know that dnl was the sponsored drink of lord of the rings the two
2: towers (laughs) um no i did not know that i did recently not super recently but i noted in some recent letterbox review that i did it was like you know the one thing i wrote about the movie was there was a special thanks credit in the in the credits for reebok smart water or something it's like oh yeah I remember when Reebok had a brand of <laughs> smart water or some nonsense no I don't well it, um, it, they, they also were uh, apparently officially sponsoring or supporting major motion pictures
1: apparently DNL uh, was part of a strategy that also saw these sodas released Pepsi Blue Dr. Pepper uh, Red Fusion and Vanilla Coke
0: oh, oh I remember okay. Pepsi Blue Well, Coke certainly
2: stuck around for the long haul.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember Red Fusion at all. um, I do that. I mean, I grew up in Dr Pepper country, so like I would see that. Uh, Pepsi Blue, the thing I would used to do, and this tells you how much motherfucker
1: does is drink soda. He knows about every soda. (laughs) I I used to to be
2: specific to his geographical area, area, Aaron. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but he's lived in like every area, so it's always that's always He's, he's simultaneously claiming the whole country. I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no i i i am not i i've never had a moxie before so i can't have cl- as ne- i've never lived in the northeast or new england so yeah, no. that's made up uh, for sure yeah yes. moxie's fake and new england's fake i'm just gonna throw it out there
1: Ke- keurig dr pepper is the name of the company i'm learning so many things right now
2: yeah stuff consolidates man man what a world
1: Okay. Uh, well, if you want to know more about uh, the many places Mike has lived, follow us on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron, like the car. Nate's at of Mike's Mike said, Fuji. Hey, uh, subscribe to the podcast, please on the podcast app of your choice. Make sure you get these as soon as they come out. Uh, if you use the Apple podcast app, give us a five-star rating and a review. And if you want to support the show, the best ways to do so are one patreon.com slash everything elite subscribe Two. Go to my bookie and use the promo code elite. All right, let's dive into it. We're gonna talk about this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, and we will start off, as is customary, by playing a little elite or delete. Nate, gotta tell you, bud, didn't didn't care much for this show. So I'm interested mm. uh to hear what your favorite part of this particular episode was.
2: Well, I gotta tell you, kind of an unusual show because. I think it was maybe less than the sum of its parts. It was hard for me to identify, like specifically, bad segments or you know a, a segment that really had an issue, a glaring issue to me. But for whatever reason, uh, and this seemed to be maybe the consensus, at least the consensus in our little uh, you know Discord corner and corner of the internet, that it just wasn't a wasn't a great show. Um, I think the one thing that really moved me and stuck out to me. And like, you know, rose above the baseline of like I am and, you know, watching this wrestling program was uh, the joke in the first segment with John Silver getting on one knee, proposing to Adam Page and asking him to join the Dark Order. And Adam Page declining to do so, uh, but then accidentally triggering the big celebration with uh, music and confetti. And uh, he said yes up on the Titan Tron, the Tony Tron. Uh, that really amused me and tickled me and was a rare instance of a, you know, intentional joke, intentional, big concept joke in pro wrestling being perfectly timed and landing exactly as intended. Uh, so that was, you know, maybe the, the only thing that really stirred me while watching this program.
0: Just the overall just package that they had starting off with singing happy birthday to negative one. Uh, luther coming out and getting immediately angry and talking about his perfectly symmetrical face a fun tag match and then the uh, the blow off there was just it, it it was great like it was a you had good comedy good intentional comedy that didn't come off as hack or just like out of date and you know i had a i will get into this but i think my opinion on the show drastically differs from i think very much everyone else on the internet so i i enjoy that segment though
1: well, good, because now the people who are like, "Ah, you guys are so negative," they'll be like, "Oh, at least they'll listen to Mike, maybe, and not, uh, not complain at us as much for being negative." Uh, that was good. Here's my, here's my concern, though, Nate. Um, Adam Page turns down the Dark Order, refuses to join the Dark Order, and just kind of goes on with his life. And it's like, this whole fucking build kind of sucks. It's like, well, it's just over. Okay. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think that might be in tune with our delete, uh, segment that's upcoming. Yes, um, I think so. But yeah, you know, more, more, uh, moving deck chairs around the, uh, various stables and units in this company.
1: Mike, you enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I'm well aware. So tell me what your favorite part
0: of the show was. Quite a bit might be putting that a little strong. I'm just saying I now, like this show. Like, Mike,
1: buddy, you got to go all in here. you got to commit to this.
0: No, no, no. I, I like it, but I'm not going to say this is like an all-time episode of television. But, uh, yeah, the thing that I think I came away with liking the most on this show is just the overall performance of Sammy Guevara. I felt like that in this segment where they had the inner circle sans Jericho, he kind of was the glue of it and actually showed a level of pathos and like I can't and like MJF winning everyone else over and then MJF just desperately wanting to have Sammy's approval we could say if it's completely him being if he's being disingenuous or not but then Sammy like saying I I can't do that yet and then you know he was the glue in the main event and I thought that it was a main event that really could have gone wrong in a lot of different ways but Sammy Guevara came off like a star he came off as like a future babyface star which is something that I think when we like looked at uh, his future, we didn't necessarily assume him as a big babyface star. But I mean he was doing like the big um, he was getting like the big crowd response in it. Everything he did was really sick. He did probably one of the best Swanton bombs I've ever seen. And I thought that overall, if I was gonna say who was the MVP of the show, I think it's uh, head and shoulders Sammy Guevara over everyone else.
2: Yeah, I mean I uh, in pretty much every inner circle segment and every Jericho segment I Definitely zoned in on Sammy Guevara. And he's always the standout performer to me. He, uh, you know, he sells the, the frustrated, the frustration. That's the worst, the word he sells his frustration really well, but also like lands his jokes, uh, you know, considerably better than your Jericho's and even MJF's. Um, so I'm just, you know, I continue to be impressed and satisfied with him and every segment that he goes at, And, uh, and yeah, that Swanton bomb was, uh, Kind of the redeeming redeeming element of that match to me, uh, because I got annoyed by the finish. Um but yeah, he's he's, you know, uh has yet to really miss for me.
1: Remember the concern that Sammy was being too goofy and it was just gonna ruin him as a as a performer?
2: Uh, I, I you know, I I think that's a kind of like fair considering the rest of the inner circle has kind of fallen into that. So you could see how
0: but Sammy not Sammy, maybe
2: yeah, that's that the Sammy's performance because he keeps you know, he's stepping up to Jericho and stepping up to MJF and, you know, uh, not having any of that shit. I think uh, he's done a good job of insulating him from that.
1: Yeah, it's just my my thing at the at the time, and I stand by this, is that, like, Sammy needed to gain more things, you know, to become a more well-rounded performer. If he's going to be, like, a big top star. And I think he has grabbed a few things here maybe from Chris Jericho and maybe you know from other people they've interacted with that has allowed him to feel like even more of a of a star and you know I didn't really I saw other people complaining too about that finish Nate but to me it's like as long as this blows off in Sammy beating MJF in a singles match then that all makes sense and and works for me uh does that make it my turn to choose something I really like you yep Hmm. I, I gotta say the thing I had the most fun with. I mean, you already mentioned Luther, so that would have been my number one. But uh, my number two most fun moment was uh, the Moxley versus Nick Comoroto. Am I saying that right? Maybe Matt.
0: <laughs> Who knows? I think it's Comaroto. At least that's how they say it on. That, that's yeah. how they say it on commentary. Who knows if that's true or not?
1: Yeah, fucked up language where letters don't always sound the same. They can just be said any fucking way. It just doesn't matter. Um, Here's the thing. It's like very easily, you know, they did like a mox versus or Mox's in action or whatever, which that usually means a squash. And they bring out this guy who is uh, only only been seen on dark. So it's like, okay, well, I guess mox is just gonna beat the shit out of this guy. But it's like, this guy's really big. He's got a really good look. He's charismatic. And uh, so instead, I have no idea if they have plans for this guy, I would assume they have some sort of plan. But instead, they did like, I don't know, basically a 50 50 match that Mox kind of had to hook up at the end to win. And uh, I thought it didn't make Mox look bad. It wasn't a Allen Angels type thing. Uh, Mox looked great. Nick Camerato looked great. Uh, Just kind of a fun way to debut a new talent. So I had a good time.
2: Yeah. I was I was pretty impressed by this guy again like there's not a segment on this show where I'm like oh that was bad like even I, I kind of enjoyed this match in a vacuum and you know uh zoned in on this guy I was like hey you know I would not mind seeing some more of this guy he's like you said got a good look and uh you know was laying stuff in there with moxley and moxley's facials kind of told the right story about you know where Camarado was relative to him uh and enjoyed it in that regard um Ha- haven't seen this guy before. According to Pro Wrestling Wiki, uh may have made Evolve wrestling appearances. Had you ever seen him before, Aaron? Yeah, I watched Dark every week. Okay, I meant outside of Dark. No, I'd never seen him before Dark. Okay, I don't remember any Evolve wrestling appearances. Also, apparently, he was in an XT. Yes, he,
1: he was, was Mr. Freak
2: beast. I just learned. Oh, okay. Mr. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, let me say that again. Mr. Freak beast.
2: Between August and September, Mr. Freak Beast, Nick Ogarelli, joined the one and only Rick Bugues as a tag team in matches during live events. I, you know, Rick Bugues is still there and they cut this guy. I don't get it. He's actually, I'm looking at his Twitter. He's still Mr. Freak Beast on here. And he's got
1: his, his, like, banner at the top on his Twitter. It just says Freak Beast. And it's
2: got this (laughs) insane. He looks insane in the picture here. Nicknames: Wrecking Ball and the Freak Beast. (laughs) Teams and Stables: Shooters with a Z Inc. with Billy Damiana. Shooters with a Z is like some shitty, (laughs) some shitty bar in
1: Tampa or whatever.
0: Yeah, almost, almost certainly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm certain that I've stopped into a bar in my life called Shooters, but this match rocked, like. Nick Camarado, Each time I see him, I'm like, "This guy is pretty solid, pretty solid." And it's like gets to like the crux of the issue of the absolute <laughs> shambles. And what's update? That's
2: uh, so why I found his his evolve match.
0: Okay,
2: let me let me verify. This is okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so we had <laughs> one evolve match, 2017. It was evolve 86 at Melrose Memorial Hall in Melrose, Massachusetts. He lost a two-minute squash to Blaster McMassive. I'm trying to think now. Did I see this? I mean, '86, you were doing the show, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, That would have been him as a gatekeeper. Yeah, Blaster McMassive
2: as the gatekeeper, Thomas Sharp. Thomas Sharp. Yeah.
0: Two-minute squash
2: over, Mr. Freak Beast. (laughs) Mr. Freak Beast. Sadly.
0: He rocks, though, and I like the idea of, as you said, AB, that they kind of inverted the idea of, because Moxley has, like, records for, like, the fastest pinfall in the promotions history, and, like, the idea that this is a guy who is, you know, very physically impressive. He definitely would be involved in the Ward throw, so I think that it's, that, that, like, the idea that, like, Moxley had to kind of find the moment where he can just get him on his Can get on his back and choke him out makes a lot of sense. And I each time I see Nick Camarado on Dark, I'm like, all right, this guy rocks. And hopefully, you know, this could be maybe he could be the Will Hobbs of 2021 now because of that. And I'd be, I'd be for it. Yeah. They've, they've done,
1: which we've talked about this before, they've done a good job of taking people who you wouldn't necessarily see as a a prospect and just like making them into a person. I, I guess I'm not sure where it was, but Will Hobbs talked, I guess it was on the, the fake aw podcast about um he had a WWE tryout and they didn't offer him a deal and then right after he showed up on dynamite they offered him a deal it's like i got this cubs fan tweeted about this so that's how i knew about it um it's like wow that's like their whole their whole scouting thing it's like <laughs> oh somebody shows up on aw let's throw him a deal you know okay uh i guess we'll talk about uh the things we didn't like on the show now but yes i I suspect that it will be... Oh, wait, I didn't do the listener uh, elite. Sorry, I always forget that, which is bad. Uh, our good friend, Patrick Cosmos, uh, his elite pick. Don Callis in the painting, Don Callis commissioned of Kenny and Don Callis. Hard to disagree.
2: Yeah. I mean, even that like whole skit, it was basically a long form skit with a really uh, you know, a manufactured excuse to get a camera in there. Uh, you know, approaching like WWE shit levels. I didn't even hate that. Like I kind of enjoyed elements of that, but yeah, the, the, some of the, the, some of the parts on this show, um, it was just, didn't, didn't, didn't get me going.
0: I, I thought it rocked. I thought that the sketch and I thought that him with like that painting, it's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. I thought that that was a great reaction and I got a good laugh out of that.
1: All right, well, let's talk about what we didn't like, and then Mike will uh, defend the show against uh, mine and Nate's uh, criticisms. So uh, so, Nate, so how
0: about y'all go first, and I'll refute? Yeah, um, I mean, it'd be hard to refute it before we before we complain about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I what you have written here, Aaron, is the view never changes. Uh, of yes. course, a Dusty Rhodes quote by way of Cody Rhodes. Uh, and yeah, we, you know, we brought this up, I think, on last week's show that or maybe even the show prior. Uh, a lot of the stories that are playing out in this company are, you know, what is this guy's allegiance to this faction and this group of people? And this guy's joining this faction. This guy's leaving this faction. Uh, and, it, you know, it's a lot of moving check chairs around with no real forward momentum on them. Um, that problem is... At its worst, I think, in the Team Taz versus Darby and Sting story, which, you know, uh, I think we've come on here maybe five weeks in a row and said they just keep running this same fucking segment over and over again where either Sting's out there and Team Taz comes out and Darby comes out and they just keep running it back. Uh, And it was perhaps most egregious last night when Sting wanted to make his appearance to literally repeat two things to Darby that he's already said Hey, you remind me of me. And hey, congratulations on winning that belt two months ago. Uh, And that was the setup for the Team Taz appearance. Uh, And again, just nothing to sink your teeth into there. Nothing, you know, that excites you or moves you in any real way. Just running through the same script again. Uh, And that's kind of the the pattern that we're in with a lot of these stories. Or a lot of these stories just kind of feel like the same thing with different wrestlers interchangeable. Yeah, I'll jump in
1: before before Mike
2: uh, tells us why we're wrong. But it's like, yeah, nothing. I mean, I don't think Mike's going to disagree with this larger point. I think
1: no, he's not. He's just going to say he had a good time watching the show. That's good. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't I don't want to steal Mike's uh, thunder. Uh, but yeah, it's like nothing was different after the show than it was at the beginning of the show. And I know that you you know you don't want to do car crash TV where it's just like constant. Uh, crazy stuff but we're also you know five weeks or so away from their big pay-per-view we're like two weeks away from this uh beach break show that they've been hyping and there's like nothing that i'm dying to see on on either of those shows like oh i can't wait for this to get paid off uh, they didn't do anything here to to get us any closer
2: well it's also none of these stories have really succeeded in elevating anyone or making a real change in anyone's character like you want to point to the person that's been elevated in this promotion recently i think probably darby is the go-to guy for that because he won a title that he didn't have before but even that prior to the story he got the match out of the blue with no real build or uh you know sustained elevation and then he won it and then he got to this story where nothing happens and he doesn't do anything um you had the, the you know the story where he was the main guy against John Moxley and then gets into this other circular thing with the inner circle and just feels like it's not this is not elevating MJF's level. This is not making him a bigger star in any way. It's just kind of guys doing stuff to do stuff. you know, it just feels like a lot of these things are kind of little holding pattern stories.
0: Okay. So First and foremost, why was my enjoyment seem to be higher? I identified basically immediately looking at the calendar saying, oh, this is going to be a stall episode. This was a stall episode. And I think that we're all in agreement. There was some stuff, though, that, Aaron, you, you raised the point that nothing changed on the show. I completely beg to differ. We had a resolution with Hangman and and the Dark Order, of course. Then we could have the Dark Order like not giving up and constantly be Going towards it there, so we had there. Uh, we finally have something that with Sting coming out of this. Yes, did it take five weeks? But yes, we we do have something that's changed there. The whole gosh darn women women eliminator tournament got announced, and that gives us a clear direction for the next five weeks for the uh, women's division. And you, you like look at like John Moxley coming back, having his first match since losing the title in December. That's a big moment, and that changes things he's. Yes, he does do his very similar. Raw, raw, I'm the face ace. I love I love this shit, as he has said a lot. But you, you had that as well. And then the inner circle stuff, like that is something where I am a complete agreement. It does seem like this is like a cycle where we all were anticipating like, wasn't it said that the first time that something else goes wrong and that the, the inner circle was over? Like that, I do completely agree with that. But I think what the reason why I enjoy this episode more, and I think that's more my perspective towards it is as soon as i sussed this out as like oh this is a holding pattern show i immediately like adjusted my expectations and the promotion that's terrible about managing expectations guess what you know why i'm not let down i manage my own expectations and in doing so i was like all right so like looking at this like the only match i thought that was underwhelming on the show was the trios with hardy party versus matt seidel and top flight and then Really, like the Eddie and Lance Archer segment, we had progression there. The callus stuff, like I find callus very interesting. So like that is kind of compelling for me. And then I thought Penelope Ford and Layla Hirsch had a really strong match and then kind of thrown into that situation with Nyla Rose quarantining. And then, you know, uh, it's something where like there's some things on the show that I outright disliked. like the whole FTR dress expressing. Like they could just, I'm done. I'm done with most of the people in that unit other than when jungle boy comes out to baltimore so i i understand the frustration here and i think that it is something that i know i've come on the show and said we are so many weeks away from this pay per view what are you doing each week well we have a pay-per-view match like we have at least three matches on paper they're not completely filled in because we don't know who's challenging for the tag team belts or who is challenging who we soon be hikaru shida for the when women's world title it's just something that yeah I, maybe it is that, like when i like in the moment, I totally understand that, but like taking a step back, I don't know if this was as much of a holding pattern show as we thought it was. Maybe it's just things that didn't like have the implied effect.
2: Yeah, I can't really disagree with anything you said. Like I said, I even, you know, I thought most of the segments were like executed pretty fine to even some of them being pretty good. But yeah, the, the, the page thing in the Dark Order, like I'm pretty sure we've seen that before where they've tried to have him join the Dark Order and he said no, and then we're just back doing it again. And the Taz, the Taz and Sting thing at least has now progressed to the point of a match, but they did not hit that match very hard on television. They announced that it's going to be a street fight now on Twitter, but on television, I was kind of like, okay, they're 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 going to do a match of Sting in the match. Is Sting wrestling here? Is that what's happening? Like, if they had punched that and hit that home on the television show, and Sting would be like, I will fucking see you there with a baseball bat uh i'll see you in the ring i'll see you backstage i'm gonna be fucking fighting if they if they'd hammered that home then underlined it i think it would have been uh you know landed as a, a much more important segment to me um but yeah no you're right you know i thought uh I, I don't understand why penelope ford isn't on this show twice a month uh instead of once every three months um so yeah it's just a weird weird kind of like overall malaise that infected this show even though the individual segments weren't weren't really problems to me
1: A good way to get out of your personal malaise is to bet on sports, baby. Go to MyBookie. Use the promo code ELITE. You'll get double your deposit, up to $1,000. So uh, it's a good way to get some free money to play with over at MyBookie. It's, of course, the time when divisions are decided, champions are crowned, and legends are born. It's time for the NFL playoffs. I think those are still going on. Pretty sure that's true. Very
0: myself. Yes.
1: Yeah, haven't gotten to the Super Bowl yet. I haven't heard people talking about the commercials yet, so we're not there. So uh, you got plenty of that to bet on. Or you can just do what your old pal—I'm sorry, that's Mike's phrase. You can just do what uh, podcasting's true heart, A.B., does, and that's <laughs> fade Kentucky basketball. Just fade them. And so two, how's that going for you? It's going great. I am uh, getting rich off of My uh, Misery. And uh <laughs> that's nice. Uh I have the great thing about uh Kentucky being just fucking awful this year is it's the first thing I've acknowledged for years that I am too invested in Kentucky basketball and I've wanted to be able to stop myself from being so invested. Uh them going like four and nine or whatever the fuck they are has turned me into a casual fan. I turned off after the first half and just switched to dynamite. Uh, so that was nice. But uh, th- our friends at my bookie have not caught up with how bad Kentucky is yet. Had them favored in the game against Georgia last night—a uh, very poor choice. And uh, if you're if you're following along with my picks, you would have known. So head over to MyBookie. bookie. Uh, NBA still going on. There's plenty of college, of course. Uh, there was UFC this past weekend, so
0: plenty of good stuff add on. There was UFC yesterday. That's right on inauguration day.
1: That's right. So just use the promo code. Elite, uh, they have a, a variety of ways to deposit instantly, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, baby, and more. So head over to my bookie, use the promo code Elite. We have uh, some incomplete ratings, uh, Mike, and I'm sure you'll tell us. Well, it's due to MLK Day. I guess I don't have to tease that. I can just tell you that's <laughs> why. Uh, But uh, Wade Keller had some of the, the insides, ask questions again. Uh, AW Took a a big jump up to 854,000. We don't know what that was in the demo, but they did post a 0.36. So that would be uh, up again. Uh, NXT also jumped pretty high, up to a 659. Um, We don't know where they were in the demo, but they posted a 0.15.
0: Yeah, so because of MLK Day, the usual source of ratings for everyone, basically, Showbuzz Daily... Is on a staggered schedule. Somehow, Wade Keller of the Pro Wrestling Torch has inside info. I don't. I don't think he subscribes to a rating book because those are expensive as crap. But um, he had he had this out here. Uh, the, you you know I know like last week we, because of how Wednesdays have been lately that we were all into being like oh the inauguration that's going to completely. Wash everyone out. Um, nothing happened, and the only people who ended up watching like the inaugural ball are like West Wing weirdos. So people are this, and the rest of TV, I believe, was pretty weak. I think everyone kind of begged off. Like I don't even know if the challenge was on last night. But like the interesting thing that again, a hat tip to Wade Keller that he pointed out was in the eighteen to forty nine male demographic, AEW had a .49 versus NXT's .18. And then I think this is a typo, but you said it was 18 to 34. Usually that sub demo is 12 to 34. AEW is a 0.24 versus NXT is 0.7. So for for all the issues and misgivings we had in the show, like people did not turn off. And if anything, it seems like that people kind of stuck on, or maybe they watched the movie Tag and decided to stick around.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I was a little surprised, but you're right. Who on earth watches uh, the. Like, the primetime inauguration stuff, that's uh,
2: that's psycho shit, just straight up. Sorry to any of our listeners who've watched that, but that's for psychos. Well, you know, the draw was the New Radicals, so and that happened at, like, 2 p.m. or something, so come on.
0: Yeah. I didn't even get primetime billing? No,
2: and they also, you know, cut out, like, the first verse of the song, and they also cut out the part where it's like, Health insurance rates are flying. Oh, <laughs> and you know okay. the part where he says he's going to kick Marilyn Manson's ass so they basically cut out all the good parts of the song but it was still you know kind of cute and sweet I mean, the, I mean the first part the first uh, stanza is literally
1: about a 14 year old down on their knees so <laughs>
2: <laughs> so polite we're busy still saying please that's right wow big
0: new I'm radical just...
2: fan uh, Nate aka Epidacist <laughs> yeah the one the one song <laughs>
0: I I just love the fact that the fact that like this probably tells you about how bad my music tastes were growing up. I only knew this song because it was on the infomercials for like that like hits of the two thousand CD. The like buzz? this did not, yeah, the buzz. Yes, that's it exactly. I did. I the buzz I, might
2: have I, been I, one 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 phase earlier, um, but I know what you mean.
0: Yeah, because it was like that. It was fastball the road. You, the way. You know, like, why is it the yeah the I, I'm not gonna acknowledge You're the way Johnny Gargano is ruined that. It's the way. But when yeah,
2: no. <laughs> I'm I'm
1: gonna do i am uh, I'm gonna do a music podcast with uh, with Mike sometime where I just like do a playlist of songs that he missed in his youth because he was too busy <laughs>
0: doing God fucking knows what. <laughs> 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 I, I, I mean, like, I have a rich tapestry of life that has resulted in me being an absolute shambles of a person. So I, I think that I'm there is some just mileage there.
1: For I've been obsessed with music for just as long as I can remember. So it just blows my mind for somebody to just have a time in their life where they are just not interested in music at all. That's... Hard for me to it hear. happens a
0: lot to me, though. It wasn't just like one phase of my life. Like I, I'm trying to think. Like other than the acts I follow, it's not like I'm someone that I'll boot up like the release Monday stuff on Spotify.
2: Uh, so that's maybe the best, uh, best new addition in technology. You know, technology's pretty much been a net negative, I think, for most of our lives, in terms of uh, you know decaying society and everything. The release radar playlist on Spotify. We're just like, hey, you like these acts? Here's new music from them coming out every week and you don't have to like follow your own, uh, you know, track what CDs are coming out week to week and go to Best Buy on a Tuesday to buy them anymore. Uh, It's really one of the few ways that technology has improved my life.
1: Yeah. I used to, when I was like really into hardcore metal, I was in this uh, IRC channel. Oh, wow. (laughs) Where people were like constantly posting their newest stuff and I would download literally anything like, I had to have it, you know, and, and listen to it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm really into this new whatever, you know. Think of some really, uh, some band no one uh, knows. Uh, and, it's going to be hard. Feel-
0: <laughs> Warbringer.
1: Yeah, sure. That's a, good, that's a good metal hardcore band name.
0: Yeah, the, the, it's a real band. Uh, oh, okay. The, I didn't know. I'm out of that scene now. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, I just really forgot to do the Lister Geely also. Oh, my God. Uh, and I'm doing oh doing a double, double feature. Uh, Patrick Cosmos also getting the delete. Uh, Jericho, please do not line salt ever again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that he's, so he's, he's got to go. Yeah.
0: I mean, if, if in the sliding door universe where COVID wasn't a thing, we would not have had so much Chris Jericho over the last six months because he would have gone and, you know, done his, his Fozzie tours. And actually, I feel like last week would have been when they would have been on the Jericho cruise. like. Everyone completely forgot that they were going to be back on the Jericho cruise this year. Right. For obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's nothing funnier to me than for obvious reasons. Because <laughs> I always think about uh, that 9-11 joke
2: that you guys know that I won't uh, put on the listers. Now I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> let's move on. Let's,
1: all right. Uh, let's run down the show. Dark Order is out with Negative One for his birthday celebration. I think we talked about this. Uh, the John Silver um adam page thing but before that uh the chaos project broke up the birthday celebration uh luther said that uh negative one is actually the stupid looking one and the chaos project does not like children
2: <laughs> just crazy. yeah stand out line from luther said, i don't like children it's funny
1: i don't like you uh and they had a match john silver alex reynolds hangman page and colt cabana defeated Chaos Project and TH2, Alex Reynolds pinned Serpentico after Paige. I'll oh, make sure I got this right. Paige hit the buckshot lariat on Serpentico, which he was being held by John Silver. That turned into a German suplex from Silver into a pinfall
2: from Alex Reynolds. Yep.
0: Yep. A jackknife out of it. Yeah. There you go. How
2: about um, this? Uh, throughout this show, also, like there were like a little, you don't see a ton of botches in this company, but there are a bunch of like little you know, uh, hiccups, like just like Adam Page, like almost eating shit on his kip up. That, That kind of thing was like throughout this show. And just another thing that I was like, oh, you know, this is not firing in all cylinders for me.
1: During the match, Luther tried to powerbomb Colt through the birthday cake, but negative one hit him with a kendo stick and then Cabana put Luther threw the cake in the table very funny scene as luther kind of didn't go into the cake and he's like fuck i gotta get my face into this cake
0: great save <laughs> yeah i guess he's trying
2: not to maybe break the whole table but so he consequently was like well short of the cake but we did get a great line where x was like oh now his face isn't so symmetrical because of course <laughs> luther has the most symmetrical face in wrestling he does
1: Okay. Uh yeah, then the, the thing with Page and uh, the Dark Order came after that. Uh, and Paige,
2: he said no. Big heel uh, now. <laughs> Did not crowd really yeah. desperately wanted him in that in that unit.
1: Yes. Alex Marvez was with Jericho and MJF. MJF says the last thing he wants to see is dissension in the inner circle.
2: Ask Jericho if he's
1: worried about that happening tonight. Jericho is not because he says they've all made a pact. No matter who wins, they have a deal, they'll move on together like a unit. The big unit.
0: Randy Johnson was on the show. Yes, yes, he was.
1: Uh, Sting so, and Darby. We didn't
0: have a bird. We didn't have a bird get exploded. I didn't notice. We did not.
1: Uh, Sting and Darby are out with Tony. Yeah, we've talked about this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just you know the same thing happened, except Team Taz suggested maybe they should fight, and then Darby said, "Be careful what you wish for." That was really it.
2: Yeah, it just would have landed more if Sting was like, okay, I'm going to fight you. Be excited, viewing audience, because I have not wrestled in a very long time and I'm gonna be involved. Instead of just like, oh yeah, Sting's in the match on Twitter, whatever.
1: Right. That should that's like a big draw, right? It's like if you wouldn't is it the point to see yeah. Sting in a match?
2: I mean, Darby like didn't even agree to the challenge, really. It was like a well, you might just get it. It's like, okay, so we're really this is really not even the progression. The progression happened on
0: Twitter. I mean, Darby only got what he gave. You only get what you give, Aaron.
2: <laughs> I've heard that.
0: Uh, th- the thing about this that was great was, like, they gave the microphone to Ricky Starks, and he was basically inaudible, but he was like, oh, you want to take you to the streets? I'll tell you what the streets are. And then Taz is like, street style, which, <laughs> you know, I just like the idea that Taz, now in his 50s, is talking about taking you to the streets. It really reminds me of... Danny DeVito on Always Sunny with Philadelphia, like his concept of taking it to the streets should be drastically different than everyone else's.
2: I want to see Hook's concept of taking it to the streets because he's, you know, some prep school lacrosse player, but he's, <laughs> you know, the youngest guy out there. And, and, and by virtue of that, he should act like he has the most street credibility.
0: Taking it to the streets of Donetsk and uh, PUBG, that's his idea, taking it to the streets.
1: You know, uh, Adam Page, I really, I think we could call him a frenemy. He's not really, he's, when you're down, he's not your friend.
2: <laughs> I, is that a reference?
0: That, that was. I, I knew was, what the reference was too. I was just waiting to see if, if Nate wasn't going to go along with it, I was going to sit out too. Cause I wanted that silence, which is staying in the cut, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is another, you get what you give line.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I missed it.
1: It is a car promotion. So they certainly could smash. I mean, they the don't version. say
2: frenemy in the song. They do. No way. Yes. Okay. I didn't think, I, I feel like Frenemy came out well after that. No, they invented it. Hmm. Wow. Another another uh, feather in their cap, I guess. It is a feather,
1: feather, feather
2: in their weird cap that the dude was wearing. It was like a bucket hat almost. Feather. They in their were truly
1: hat. radicals. Uh, earlier today, earlier yesterday, I suppose, a meeting between the Young Bucks and the Elite, uh, the Bucks are going to Kenny's house. Nakazawa-san greets them. Uh, they walk in. There's the painting that we refer to, Kenny and Callis shirtless. Uh, and basically, Callis is trying to, you know, explain away what happened last week. Tells him Kenny's not going to be there. You know, we learn that Kenny's not really answering the Bucks phone calls. Callis tries to give them a check to buy out their friendship with uh, Kenny. And then uh, an extra an extra check uh, for their part of birch sales, which yeah, I don't know if that was a reference to anything, but
2: got some discourse.
1: Yes. Uh, and the Bucks say we used to work for impact. So we know that these checks are no good and they tear them up. And then I believe we are to assume they uh, beat him up after that.
2: Yeah, I really, uh, I like Don Callis. Don Callis still uh, uh, myself and Cara talked about on the Patreon this week about how Don Callis just has an old school manager. Uh, sensibility that even the other managers in this company don't really have. Cause, you know, a, a guy like Taz never was a manager that was out, uh, you know, talking people into buildings. He was always a wrestler that became a commentator. But uh, uh, Calis just has a great back and forth and a natural way about him that makes all of his segments uh, pretty good and really, really makes the Kenny Omega heel act work. Um, so, yeah, that's why. <laughs> so, this overcame what could have been like, oh, fucking WWE skit they're gonna go act out their relationship uh in a beach house or whatever uh but because of callous uh, i just found the like very convoluted way they got a camera into the building and it's just kind of all kind of charming
0: yeah callous is great i mean he he is like this unique kind of weirdo that is very compelling and it's just like very sleazy in a way that he plays it off in a right the right kind of way uh the idea, the thing that cracked me up about the segment also was the idea that there was like a random elevator that Michael Nakazawa came out of just for no good reason whatsoever. Like he comes out of an elevator with a laptop open. And, you know, just like the little things in this segment cracked me up.
1: Um, I don't really like it, uh, not least of which, because the point of somebody like him is that we want to see him get his comeuppance. And not only do we literally not see it happen, but the Bucks have apparently already gotten physical with him. So, what is there to see in the payoff?
0: You're being worked. This is something where very clearly he's trying to sow discord. You're being worked.
2: No, I mean, the point is he's the bad guy. The audience wants to see him get his ass kicked, and they hid the ass kicking here. Um,
0: yeah, I don't think he got his ass kicked. I thought I feel like it was uh-huh. like a work. Yeah. That makes sense, but we
1: are to believe I mean, what they showed us was that they were approaching him, in encroaching on him as the camera cut away. I mean what do we think they did? Played like, tiddly winks, Mike?
0: I think he shouted and like there might have been like some like stomping out that was picked up on the camera microphone and then the idea was that then John Don Callis was like, Oh, I know how to get Kenny completely more isolated under my thumb with like my impact wrestlers. I'm gonna I'm going to put on some stage makeup and act like I got my ass kicked.
2: Okay. It's not the not the worst idea. That's, kind of, that's an interesting place they could take it.
0: Just remember episode 108 is when I called this, if this happens.
2: I will not remember that. No. It'll be like, yeah, I think Aaron called that on the show. If I remember
1: <laughs> uh, Cody defeated pretty Peter Avalon with the figure four. Uh, Peter Avalon tapped because Cody was hitting him in the face, so he uh, didn't want to... Uh, withstand that, uh, during the match, Jade Cargill came out and distracted Cody and allowed Peter Avalon to hit him with a low blow.
2: Yep, Matt Feud's still continuing. The WWE <laughs> distraction <laughs> angle. Woo.
1: Oh, but just I mean... wait, because next week, Cody's going to respond to Shaq
2: somehow. Everybody just wants to see Cody versus Jade, I think.
0: Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. I hope Jade's good. Like. <laughs> Elect- Supposedly, supposedly, like she's pretty. I mean, the, the thing about this match for me, I guess Mike's defense corner, Peter Avalon's character is excellent, and the idea that he tapped out instead of getting hit in the face is perfect. And I thought this match was a very complimentary TV match.
1: Yeah. Uh, according, according to our friends at Genius, "You Only Get What You Give" is actually the first song known to use the portmanteau.
2: Frenno. Wow, there you go. You were right. So it's good. feels good. Uh, Aaron got that right. Andy got that thing with Don Callis making the injury right. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Tully is with FTR. He says the ratings just came out. I assume he meant the rankings. And FTR is number one. Uh, But we need the belts. Jurassic Express comes out. Jungle Boy says he's getting sick of this. You're supposed to be the best tag team in the world. Uh, But when I was in there with you, it taught me something about myself. That I could beat either one of you. Dax, he doesn't like that, folks. He doesn't appreciate that comment. I think they're going to have a wrestling match. Uh, and Luchasaurus says he's going to make sure no one else gets involved. And John Moxley defeated Nick Camarado with a rear naked choke. Uh, Mox then cut his big bad promo where he says he can't keep track of who's in the bullet club, who's in the elite, and who's in Impact Wrestling. Uh, he talks about Kenny bringing his frat brothers back from Impact. Uh, and said... All you did was make it more interesting, more bodies, bigger bros, more blood. Uh, and then he says, you can bring
2: whoever you want, but all roads of professional wrestling go through me. I do find it very amusing that John Moxley has been like semi-feuding with Kenta, who is in the Bullet Club, for the better part of a year at this point. It's got to be at least six months. And has at no point mentioned the Bullet Club until now, when he's feuding with another uh splinter of the bullet club in a completely unrelated angle and those uh two factions of the bullet club uh do not see eye to eye so this guy's really fighting a war on two fronts but uh is entirely isolated from one it's pretty weird pro wrestling situation all things considered
1: uh dasha is with eddie kingston and company uh she tells him he's going to face lance archer next week Asked if he's prepared he says i don't prepare i just fight and then lance archer comes out uh, and he says, it's a simple message, everybody dies. Then they start yelling at each other about fighting. I couldn't really make out anything either of them was saying, uh, Jake Roberts has gotten a haircut uh, and was mad and yelling.
0: Yeah, I, I messed that up. Uh, let <laughs> me mark time on that, and then I'll give my actual response up. Uh, and it was it, it's such a dumb bit. Uh, I think they should let Butcher vape on air. <laughs> <laughs>
2: med- that was med- not med- med 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 worth med the take. St- this is worth digging into. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I mean, it fits their vibe. <laughs> you know they should let him vape on air but he has
2: to have a um like a custom vape rig that looks really ridiculous and suits his character gotta be like Absolutely. some old timey pipe or something but actually a vape
0: yeah 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 it has to be insane but let, let the let butcher vape that's all i had to say and and with my overly complicated setup it took me like a full 30 seconds to be able to say that and you know great audio
1: <laughs> uh Marvez catches Kenny coming in. He has no comment about what happened uh with the Bucks last week. i sees Callus in the locker room, the bruised face, uh, which I talked about earlier probably being fake, you know, a setup. Uh Kenny wants to know who did this to him. <laughs> I won't
2: say uh he blurts out that the Young Bucks did it. <laughs> that was even that like that's a level of acting that most other pro wrestlers aren't able to do. Callus like inadvertently saying that it was the Young Bucks. Just like execution that, you know, uh, to pick somebody out of a hat, Dax Harwood would not be able to pull off.
1: Uh, No. Matt Hardy and Private Party defeated Matt Seidel and Top Flight. Uh, Mark Quinn pinned Dante with a shooting star press after Isaiah hit Dante with a chair. Uh, So we got the full um, Private Party heel turn, which I can't say I understand because... The story has been about how Matt Hardy's fucking them over. And then somehow that morphed into actually, no, they're going to go along with Matt Hardy's heel shenanigans.
2: Yeah, I uh, I think Kev's fan had it right on Twitter when he said it's better that they just turn heel than keep doing this will they won't they stuff that they're doing in every other story. So sure. I don't think he's wrong about that. Uh, I also I kind of like this match. Um, I you know, Private Party and Top Flight are maybe kind of foils of each other. So maybe it's appropriate that Private Party's like, hey, we were here first. You guys came along and kind of ate our lunch in the last couple months. Uh, you know, maybe that's good motivation for them wanting to listen to Hardy and just become full blown heels instead. But yeah, you know, (laughs) all things considered, I like that the show did have some fresh talent up and down that we don't see every week. Your Nick Camarados and your Pretty Peter Avalon's, Uh, and Matt Hardy has to be not only on Dark, not only on BTE, not only on Dynamite, but also on Impact Wrestling. Uh, But even even with that in mind, and that um, you know maybe we could just see less of him, I still thought this was pretty good.
1: Okay, after that, MJF and Wardlow were backstage to talk to the rest of the Inner Circle, uh, Sans Jericho. Mgf says that if it were up to him tonight, the match wouldn't be happening, but Chris is the leader. and What he says goes. Uh, Sammy says, if he, I had it my way, a lot of things would be happening. Gets in MJ, Mgf's Fuck, MJF, MJF, MJF. Gets in his face. Mgf says he loves these guys and Sammy. respects Sammy because he's not afraid to speak his mind, but he's not a sociopath. He wants what's best for the group. Uh, so let's just get this match out of the way and finish this.
0: I thought Sammy was great here. You know, I felt like that this was another part where I thought he was the best part of the show. And then we had the customary 930
1: women's match as Penelope Ford defeated Layla Hirsch with a pump
2: kick while Kip held down Layla's leg. Oh, yeah, I want to believe Jim Ross also. Um, <laughs> first fucking thing he says, <laughs> if you're wondering, she's four foot eleven. and then just makes no effort to, like, spin that into a positive or a unique factor for layla hirsch it's just like wow this woman is short and just lets it sit there until excalibur comes along and tries to pick up the pieces uh, i know there was a clip going around on twitter too of uh in the previous match when private party did the silly string and jim ross who apparently has no fucking idea what the silly string is even though he's been doing this company for more than a year um like how do you counter that what the fuck is going on i have no idea makes no effort to like turn it into a way to get these guys over or, you know, set them apart as distinctive anyway. Just like, yeah, this newfangled stuff sure doesn't make much sense. Does it? Um, <laughs> yeah. It stinks. Go away. Uh, this match was good though. Uh, yeah, this match was good. Uh, the, I, I thought Penelope getting the heat on Layla was, um, you know, she just got like a good mean girl energy, uh, that worked. They, they got a little discombobulated. I think just as they were coming out of the, ad break but i think most people probably missed that uh and I, I the the kip and and Miro stuff and chuck taylor stuff that we'll talk about i maybe maybe should have picked that as my elite because uh miro you know is a superstar
0: superstar miro like geez comes out in a great gucci track suit and Chuck Taylor is playing the very hesitant person who does not want to be here because of Phil the obligations and has to do what he does after the match. That's going to be such a great payoff in a few weeks. Like, I feel like that this was like an, like, like this was something that I know like everyone would want to like Chuck Taylor to say like, no, screw you. Uh, orange, you're still my best friend, but no, it, it's going to have like a even bigger reaction for when he finally tosses off the, uh, the butler's tuxedo and, and, and attacks uh, Kip and uh, Miro and ruins the wedding.
1: Pretty inspired performance, I thought, by Chuck here, uh, really drawing on uh, disgraced Liberian leader Charles Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I know, you know he did war crimes. I'm not sure how Chuck plans to bring those war crimes into part of his character, uh, but I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. No, nobody wants to touch that.
2: I was gonna, I, I was gonna I say mean... oh, it's maybe Portage to do the blackface, uh, but oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. then I decided not to say it. Good thing I didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I,
0: I was gonna make a reference to how, as a Chikara alumnus, he has experience with dealing with people who have had committed <laughs> war crimes. So yeah,
1: that's also true uh shouts to somebody reminded me that uh drake in our discord for reminding me that uh about the liberian charles taylor so i could do that bit that honestly paid off so i'm glad it all worked out (laughs) uh backstage kenny omega and the good brothers are beating up pentagon with kenny's very nice boots and uh we've shouted out cubs fan way too many times on this episode gonna have to institute a Cubs fan
2: uh, it, prohibition. While, while but, we're talking about I was going to leave it, but now that we've brought him up a third time, did he subtweet the Dark podcast the other day? Did he? He, he made a comment about how he needs a podcast that just discussed AEW Dark, and I was like, hmm, thought we had one of those. <laughs> well, we don't talk that much about AEW Dark, to be honest, <laughs> on the show.
0: I, I mean, do we need... That do we need it to be a three hour long podcast? Because that's what it would end up being if we do it that way. And that, yeah. I think you
2: said about 45 minutes would be a sweet spot. Well, most weeks it is 45 minutes.
0: But it's mostly us talking about this.
2: I didn't mean to, uh, to to break this on you on the show here. And now.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I saw it. I just didn't, I, I just didn't acknowledge. Uh-
1: I'm seeing it now. If AW people in charge are going to keep doing podcasts, then the important one I need is like a 45-minute chat exclusively about Dark. Okay, Cubs fan, <laughs> we know you subscribe to the Patreon. We're we're well aware of that. Uh, we do a show called AW Light every Wednesday where we discuss Dark. It is not exclusively about Dark, for sure. But do does anyone other than Oakgan really want a breakdown of every Dark match?
0: Yes, yes. This is not a, I don't know why we're doing a production meeting right now, but yes, yes. No, I've, I've, I have heard this before.
2: Oatgan has also vocalized, I think, that he wants to hear more about the matches.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I,
2: yes, I, I keep. uh Maybe, oh, uh, hey, I would listen to a Cubs fan and Oatgan show. Just going to put that out there.
1: Oh, wow. Wait, was, should we just ask Cubs fan if he wants to do a podcast about Dark on the Patreon?
2: Well, now that you've uh, uh, put it out on the show, I guess I have to say yes, right? <laughs> no, you know I don't think that's a good idea, Aaron. Uh, let me go into it. That's funny. Um, okay, but
1: here's what I was going to say about Cubs fan. I did not realize this was a fake Pentagon until oh. his tweet told me. Should I? have yeah. Was it that obvious? Wait, that was fake. That
0: wasn't Penta? No,
1: Penta. I yeah. did not know that. I did have an inkling.
2: Yeah. I had an inkling because you, you, know, they didn't show enough of it where it was like you don't shy away from showing the full face and stuff of pentagon unless there's some reason to do so so i was like hmm that's weird that we only saw him from the side for that brief moment
0: wow i did not notice that last night this is actually changes a lot of my opinions on the show i think i like that even more the fact they had a fake pentagon and because penta wasn't there
2: well it's a nice little solution for the six man that they set up which is like hey pentagon can't be there also we need to have something happen for this to make sense because the Luge brothers randomly got involved in this angle last week. So, you know, it was a nice little solution.
1: Uh, yeah. They put up a graphic for a a women's eliminator tournament. Uh, a lot of buzz immediately about this because the graphic had an, so it's a 16 woman tournament and the graphic had an American flag on one side and a Japanese flag on the other side uh, you know, leading many people to believe that there will just be a Japanese half of this tournament.
2: Well, Emmy Sakura uh, tweeted that she would be involved, so that seems oh, really, to yeah. I just and I was just checking to see if Riho had said anything. Riho has not tweeted since uh, New Year's Eve. Um, but let me grab Emmy's tweet for you. Nope not not that one. Time for Emmy Sakura to have another title match. Hashtag AEW Women's Champion is coming. Home with me this time. Hashtag Choco Pro.
1: Okay, so I uh, immediately started fantasy booking in the Discord last night. That they should just do either uh, Choco Pro or Tokyo Joshi Pro or both. Like they should just film the matches over there. Put they should they should put them on Dynamite, but they're gonna put them on Dark or or YouTube. Uh, but yeah, you just got like easy ways to make content.
2: That's great. Yeah, I mean that's I think the logical thing. You know, half their Half their talent isn't TJPW, the, the women's talent that they've used. Maybe not half. Um, I guess just Yuka, right? <laughs> yeah. Shoko. Yeah. Um, Shoko Nakajima, yeah. Oh, right. And Shoko, yeah. Uh, and then you've got Riho, who's in between promotions, but would fall in line with Emmy and Choco Pro or Gato Move or whatever. Um, you know, May Saruga between Choco Pro and TJPW at this point. So, make, you know, easy, easy to find I don't maybe. know what Good you're saying. There. Oh, I don't know what you're saying. No, you're Two right. Completely I, distinct I, I, people. I got confused. Um, I don't know why I said that. Two different oh, very, people killed really. Very embarrassing, honestly, for you to have thought uh, those people were even similar. They're going to come after me for unmasking May St. Michelle. <laughs> 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 it's uh,
0: Yeah. It, it It's something that, like, the big question for a, a while is like, all right, everything with Hikaroshita has kind of just been coasting i guess in a lot of ways like even like the abaddon feud was very coasting but hey having a full tournament to decide a contender we saw how well that went with the men's division so like i think that this is something that also for someone like penelope ford who the is someone that has greatly improved whenever we've seen her gets some more at matches and if the option is Britt baker we really have not seen a lot of brit baker in the ring since she returned for her acl was an acl tear or was like an mcl it was like her knee issue so you know it's a i think it's a real solid idea and at the very least you could have i'm interested to see like out of like the north american uh half and then like the japanese half someone if this is what's happening someone has to fly over for that and i think that that's very interesting
2: yeah i mean i am kind of assuming that they you know, now can get Riho back into the country or whatever. Although Biden did just add a uh, quarantine for people coming from overseas, a mandatory quarantine, I guess. But that is a good way to be like, okay, Riho's coming back. Let's like heat her up instead of just having her come out of the blue and show up on television and be like, oh, well, all you have to do is ask for a title shot. So I'm going to wrestle Hikaru Shida on the next specially themed Dynamite. It's like, no, let's actually remind... People while she's really good and have her beat a bunch of random people on, uh, you know, dark or whatever, and then we can have her get a big number one contenders match with somebody who's U.S.
0: based. I mean, Rio would be here for lunch, you know. I mean, that's as she is want to do, so
1: you know, makes sense. It's also interesting because uh, I think there's like four I can think of four women they've used right Japanese women, Emisakura Sakura. I mean, not in, uh, well, yeah. Riho, Yuka Sakazaki, Shoko Nakajima. Oh, well, I guess Rio Mizunami. So there's five. Um, so that just means there has like three people presumably that we've never seen them use before. So that's exciting.
2: Yeah. I mean, the other, they've used B Priestley, but I'm guessing they just politically, that's, they can't probably have her wrestling TJP yeah. for yeah. AEW, uh, yeah. while she's in Japan, um, so, yeah, I, you know, my guess is it's going to be, uh, you know, whatever three TJPW talents TJPW feels comfortable, you know, having lose in order to do this. Well,
1: they they could book Aja Kong, who they've had before.
2: She could do yeah, that. yeah, that'd be fine.
0: Uh, I Here are my three. Uh, Maki Ito, because that's the obvious one. And that's the one that has she has made a big deal about wanting to come to AEW and wanting to wrestle more in the States. Uh, May Saruga. I mean, she uh, versions of May have have broached the Choco Pro uh, got Moved and Tokyo Joshi Pro divide, and then the number one person is the one person who could bridge the gap between the United States and Japan. She's an international princess. That is Yuki Kamifuku. So that, that that's how I'd fill out the roster or the bracket if I had the choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, with all the other discourse that's been going on, we could see a a new unit in AW made up of John Moxley, Yuki Kamifuku, and Sammy Callahan.
2: That would be, I mean, I would buy the shirt for sure. <laughs> uh,
1: I I like where your head's at, Mike. I just fear—I don't even fear. It'll even still be fun that Nate's onto something where it's like. It's gonna have to be people who can lose because Right, yeah. Right, yeah. That is Riho's uh, probably gonna win the whole thing. Or, you know, win the mm-hmm. whole Japanese side. So. Right.
2: Yeah. Yuki would be like except that she has a title is probably the probably the problem. That's
1: that's tough. Even Maki, it's like, well, do you really want her to lose to whoever? I mean that's like I would, you know,
2: maybe Maki works because they wanna same thing, get the AEW audience introduced to her so that they can bring her back down the line or whatever. You know, maybe that's worth TJPW saying, Oh, she can lose in our semifinals to you know, somebody else that we use, maybe that's doable, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I got to say I'm intrigued. It's the most uh, interest I've had in the AW women's division <laughs> in a long time. So pretty exciting. And then uh, the main event, Jericho and MJF defeated Sammy Hager and Santana and Ortiz. MJF rolled up Sammy after Sammy had MJF up for the GTH and uh, used him to knock Wardlow
2: off the apron uh, yeah, that was the finish. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, you've got like a, I guess, ostensibly heel triple threat tag match, which is goofy to start with in a main event. Uh, And I just, you know, got into my head, worked myself saying, uh, Santana Ortiz, Ortiz need to win this because uh, they've been minimized in this unit and this promotion really after, you know, we had them as the best tag team of 2019 and then they just lose a lot now. Uh, and they lost again here. So I was like, oh, bummer.
1: Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can hope for, you know, is, uh, that it plays into, yeah, this Sammy MJF story. So we'll see. Um, if you're the opposite of bummed about the show, you should head over to patreon.com slash everything elite, get yourself a subscription. We have three subscription tiers, the middle tier, the $5 one gets you all the audio that we do and our massive backlog of audio most of it evergreen so check that out uh this week basically we try to do a weekly show this week on monday uh into the codyverse nate and cara from twitter talking about impacts hard to kill uh that i'm sure was excellent can't say i've listened oh it's great
0: i will it it was a great time especially uh, with all the ethan pay ethan page discourse yeah, it was great to hear. I refuse to watch Ethan Page versus Karate Man, so I'm glad that other people have and that they had what I assume are the correct opinions about it because I refuse to see it, so I'll just repeat whatever both Nate and Carr said about it.
1: We also did uh, Cubs fans' favorite show on our Patreon, AW Light, where we break down Dark in extensive detail. We preview that week's Dynamite, talk about anything else that's going on, and Nate, of course... Uh, gives us recaps for uh, BTE and if there's any other big uh, vlog content. And on Friday, uh, I think Mike is promising an episode uh, talking about the Go Big Show.
0: Yeah, it, I, I watched the Go Big Show. It's my good time chamboree. I talk about it. I get very angry about the amount of archers we've had, Aaron. They've already had, on the first two episodes, they've had different archer tricks. And I've seen a preview, and I think there's another archer on tonight's episode. And that just infuriates me. Like it, it's decreasing returns. We did have the first person that I think AEW does need to sign immediately. His name is Tolga. He is Mongolian strongman, and he did a carousel using himself as a pivot with a 200 pound caper that had Jennifer Nettles and Reserve Dawson on it. And I think that he's he he's awesome, and I think that we need to see that Tolga's all elite.
1: All right, so you know this week three shows on our on our Patreon. Uh, we do a nice mix of wrestling and and non-wrestling, AW, non-AW stuff next week for our weekly show. Uh, this is not in the can yet, but I am hoping that all goes down. Uh, I'm starting a new series where I talk about music. It's going to be called Mixtape Club. The idea being put together, uh, you know, I mean, now it's just a playlist. Put together a playlist uh, about something specific. So Case and I are going to talk about Tough Guy Hardcore. I'm sure that's very interesting to to a lot of our listeners. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, both of us have done Cases, music podcasts, art school albums, and for someone of his age, his music knowledge is quite intimidating.
1: Oh, it's insane. Uh, So it's going to be fun. And also, you'll get, I promise you, some weird AB lore uh, if you listen to this show. So there's something. And Case is always fun to talk to. Uh, If you're going to join, please also join our Discord. Come chat with us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, But yeah, you can do that at patreon.com slash Elite. Next week on Dynamite, a big card already announced. MJF and Chris Jericho versus the Varsity Blondes. Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Uh, Britt Baker versus Shauna. Cody is going to respond to Shaq. I'm not sure to what. Uh, Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. And the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus Evil Uno, Stu Grayson,
0: John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. I, I think it's going to be interesting. You know what I mean? It's the last week for Beach Break, and uh dax har Uh, dax is just like that's just a bizarre storyline to me uh Kingston versus archer is really interesting like i think there's a lot of stuff on the show that could be pretty interesting and you know we'll be five weeks away from revolution so they're going to be start building some things and that build will continue on to next week
1: uh do you think the the go big show you think what's going to happen is that lance archer is going to show up you think that's the payoff
0: I mean, he does go big. I mean, he is a big person. (laughs) So I I, I think that his power tower, which is how they rate things on the Go Big show, I think at least both uh, uh, Snoop Dogg and Jennifer Nettles would be suitably impressed, especially if he throws people like he did in that backstage segment. I think that that could go pretty well.
1: All right. Well, that is going to be uh, on Dynamite next week. Mike and I will preview that on Light over on the Patreon, so go check that out. Uh, but I think that's everything, unless you have anything else you want to talk about.
0: No, no. I mean, we, we've already made jokes about uh, librarian warlords. We should probably get out of here before we get in more trouble.
1: Probably so. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at EverythingAEW. We'll do the rest of our Liberian Warlord content there. Uh, I'm at Aaron Like The Car. Nate is at Epitasis. Mike is at Fujiheya. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Give us a five star rating and a review if you use the Apple Podcast app. Go to BuyBookie and use the promo code Elite, and of course subscribe at Patreon.com/slash/EverythingElite for Mike, for Nate. I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.